Welcome to Bringing It Home with myself, Darlene Yumina, and my co-host. I'm Jocelyn Malkasian. Today we're going to talk about what we call love letters. And some people call it, you know, letter to the seller, whatever the case may be. Obviously, any of us in this market see it with every single listing. And we know it's a hot topic of conversation with all of our buyers. So today we're really going to focus on... Is the offer letter, so the letter that you accompany with your offer, are they effective? Do they work? And the new, and actually not new, but the subject that's been coming up a lot, and I know a lot of the local realtor boards as well as NAR, the the fact that they're a violation of fair housing. So we're kind of going to talk about all of that today. And there's a lot of you know instructions with offers now attached to MLS that will say straight up, I am not presenting any letters. Yeah, I had a showing in Watertown last week where the instructions clearly said, we will not accept any letters accompanying offers. We are making the decision strictly based on price and terms because a letter is a violation of fair housing. It was listed right in the offer right. sheet. And that that really should be the chief reason. 100%. However, some agents are also saying, I, we're not even going to get into the weeds with it. Like, it just doesn't apply. We're only going for terms. And that alone is the reason why they don't want to read. You know, when you have 30 offers on a home, although technically everything you submit should be given to the seller, going through 30 letters about, oh my gosh, your house is so beautiful. And we all know, I mean... We all know that there's only a handful of them that are specific to the actual house yeah. that you're in. Um, so with this sort of new shift, which shouldn't be new, but now there is a focus on fair housing, do we want to change the message we're giving to our buyers and our sellers in this market about the importance of these letters that are coming with offers? Agreed. And the one thing that Darlene and I offer unique perspective, not unique perspective, because most agents are working with buyers and sellers, but that's the thing is that we're going to talk from both the listing agent perspective, the buyer's agent perspective, and then also the impressions that our buyers and sellers get from them. Right. Um, For me, when we have 30 offers on the table, I do believe in presenting each and every offer exactly as it was presented to me, because if that's what the buyer wants presented to the seller, that is how I'm going to present it. My clients can choose to read it or not. And oftentimes, with 30 offers on the table, oftentimes there's we're only looking at like three to five offers and the other 25 to 27 offers are kind of junk and are never even looked at because they look at price and terms first and then they're only reading a handful of those letters, if any. And I will say, they love them. Yeah. I mean, the sellers, it, it absolutely, so when it comes to, is this useful? They love reading them. They love hearing about people that want their house, even if it's not specific about the house. And I mean, we can see through this every time, but it's not, what we're seeing is it's not changing their decision. If the best offer with the least amount of contingencies does not have a letter they're going with, with the best offer. Exactly. If there is one that's the best with a letter, potentially, you know, then maybe that's, like, the perfect. Yeah. We had, I was involved in a multiple offer situation where I represented the buyer, and the agent called me and said, where's your letter? <laughs> My client did not want to write a letter. He yeah. absolutely refused to write a letter, not having it. He was like, here's my offer. Do they want the, Do they want accepted or not? Because he put in a, a good offer. 
And my client's offer got accepted. It was price and it was charms. It was direct and it was to the point. And that's, even though the agent called me, I was like, where's yeah. the letter? I'm like, I can write one if you need me to. But he, <laughs> Give me 10 minutes. Yeah, but he doesn't want to submit a letter. So that's one where... And let's talk about like the old timers, the downsizers, you know, that they, they have raised their kids there and, and their husband passed away in the house. Like, they're like, wait a second. Someone didn't tell me why they want my house. <laughs> I need to know who's buying my house. And that's where it becomes really dangerous. It does. And and we and then I was on another multiple offer situation where I was on the, the seller side of it and we had thirty offers it was twenty nine offers. I say thirty, but it was twenty nine offers on it. Fair enough. And the we were on a conference call reviewing and um the wife my client, the wife, said well, what about so-and-so's offer? Their offer was considerably less, had a lot more contingencies than the top two or three that we were talking about, and there was a little bit of a an argument, not an argument, but a disagreement, and her husband just said, are you really going to accept somebody's offer just because you like their letter instead of an extra $50,000 or a waived contingency? And she said, no, but we want, I want to at least mention that I like their letter. So I was like okay, well, we're not going to accept it, but I'll go back and say, they really liked your letter, <laughs> but you're not getting the house. Yeah, we like you. We hope you get another house soon. Exactly. Like, this is a conversation that we have all the time. And then the interesting thing is, so I was just working, I'm still working with her, but now she has a house um, with a woman who really had a very, very sad story. Um, she's a young widow. I mean, this love letter was killer. And, and... But there were certain things that she was not willing to waive, which I totally understand. And now we have her under agreement in a wonderful house where she did not have to compromise. But this letter, I kind of thought, was going to, you know, pack a punch and kind of let us cut the line a little bit. And maybe, you know, they'd say, okay, we'll let her have a home inspection because she's had a, a rough run. And, and I mean, not only did they, did she not win the couple houses that we did before this one, but the agents didn't even, like, say, like, geez... I'm actually really sorry we can't get your buyer this house. She's been through a rough patch. Like, have some human decency. At least it, it, it was, like, thrown out like a piece of trash. Yeah. And I just have so many feelings about this. Is it right? Is it wrong? And Is it nice? Is it mean? Like, it's such a complex issue. And Darlene and I have had this conversation quite a bit privately as friends. And we don't want to... We don't want to dishearten or discourage buyers any more than they already are. But there's nothing that breaks my heart more as an agent when it's an incredible, incredible competitive situation. I know that we're not there because the conversations I've had with the listing agent kind of tell me we're not the winning offer. And then they tell me, well, maybe they'll love our letter. Right. And that breaks my heart. And it keeps this hope alive and... And they go to sleep that night being like, oh, tomorrow, maybe it's mine. And, and I mean, it's true. We're not the seller. So we can't say, but we've seen it so many times now that like, is it worth creating this false hope in our buyers that if they write a letter saying they can't wait to see Fido playing in the yard, <laughs> that, that they're going to win the house? I agree. But at the same time, I feel like the, the letter has become the norm. The norm. That's so the baseline now. That's the baseline it now. It used to be. It used to be, an ad, not an advantage, but it used to be no. an extra point and then in even, your column. Right. And then even still, if you're going to write the letter. Okay. So if you're going to write the letter, no picture. No picture. No picture. I mean, that's 
fair housing breaking like one oh one. Don't do it. And and also, and I've been saying this for years. Focus on the house. On so the, some yeah. of these letters we see. My God, it's like. Well, I was born in such and such city, <laughs> and I have four siblings, and then I met my husband at such and such a college, which had a really great buffalo chicken sandwich, and then, you know, we got engaged here, and I shop at Market Basket, so I can't wait to be so close to Market Basket. Like, concentrate on the house. 100%. By sellers, I remember one time I got a letter, and it was basically like a resume, Yeah. and my client goes, I don't want to give this guy the house because he's a... Oh, I know. Too and, much info. It, she used a word that I'm not going to say, but she called him a douche. I was like, can we find out what the Yeah, word? she called him a douche. She goes, this guy's a douche. She uses that word. I do, actually. Oh, but my client used it, too, which made me love her even more. But, but it was true. Like, nobody wants your resume. Like, we're not selling you. They want to know. If you're going to write the letter, keep it focused on the house. Now, I tried to keep it as not breaking any fair housing rules as possible. Right. And that's why I say focus on the house. Focus on the house. But what I've... The example that I give is... And I know that it's going to bring up religion. But when I walked into my house, I I walked in. It was December 5th. Okay. So it was around Christmas time. I immediately saw my bay window. And I was like, that's where I'm putting the Christmas tree. I saw the mantle in the fireplace. And I said, that's where I'm putting my stockings. Because I was in the Christmas mind spirit. So I would use... Something like that. Try not to make it about Christmas, so we're not adding right. in the, the religious Into aspect. That one of the protected classes because yeah. it's a protected class. But but there was something that drew me to the home, and that's what it was. It was the bay window. Right. It was the stuff. It was the mantle. And the so fireplace. You, it was me envisioning me in the home. Right. So that's the way the offer letter should be crafted. Yes. And not about and you. keeping in mind, you can if you want to get cute. And okay, two things. One, if you lay it on too thick, every offer that I've accepted with a love letter that was so sticky and saccharine, and again, we don't make these decisions. It's our sellers making the decisions. Like, I've always had my little, like, bullshit meter up, and those are always the people that get cold feet. And I'm like, you suck. So you came in (laughs) talking about, you know, you can feel it. So anyways, be careful about the -the over-the-top letters. But the other thing I was going to say, guess what is not a protected class? Pets are not a protected class. If you want to include a picture of your super cute dog, puppy, your goldfish, I don't care if you want to make it personal, that, that no one's protected there. So keep it about the house. You want to include a picture? Sure, go ahead. Include a picture of your puppy or whatever. Like I said, your lizard. Crazy pets people have these days. Jocelyn's an anti-pet person. I have a dog that I love to pieces. Okay. His name's George. I, she doesn't like him either. Everybody loves him. I like George. I just don't like that George likes to cuddle with me all the time. <laughs> I like George. Now, I'm not an anti-pet person. I don't want to give the impression that I have hate animals. Have you ever animals. even owned a fish? I've, I did own a fish. <laughs> I have never owned a pet because in my culture okay, growing up. Okay, if you were going to get a pet now, what would you get? I wouldn't get a pet now. My point exactly. I wouldn't get a pet. But that's because I never grew up with a pet. It was never part of my family. I mean, I I come from a very traditional Sicilian background where animals, dogs, were for maintaining your land. For eating. For eating. Well, yeah, we (laughs) ate the goats and the chickens. But that's what animals were for. Like, the dogs were for herding sheep. I bet a pet goat would go real far on a love letter. Well, no. So that, so I don't, I love animals, actually. I don't want a pet. And I think that that's okay. You know what I think? What? Guess what? We're still in Jocelyn's bedroom. Because this is where we've found to be the most cushy (laughs) background. 
And from being here, I think she likes elephants. I you can't like have elephants. a pet. You can't have a pet elephant. So that must be why you don't have a pet. That's exactly okay. That's exactly the point. Yeah. So I don't hate animals, and I'm not anti-pet. <laughs> I'm anti-pet in my house. There's okay. a difference. Fair enough. Thank you. So feel free to you know peddle your pets on those letters. Agree. It may help, but also like just it doesn't. It's not going to necessarily be the thing that. You know, I had a buyer recently say, oh, well, maybe they'll want to give it to a family. And so when they read my letter, there's 27 other families that are in there. So make sure that you're sending the message to your buyers that while necessary, focus on the house, but also it may not be the thing that really puts your offer straight over the edge. Exactly. And that the other the one area where I think a letter can come into play and may offer you could have it accepted maybe if it was like a little less, not a whole lot less, but maybe a little, is a sense of security and how much you want the home and love the home. Unless it's too over the top. Unless it's too over the top, exactly. And what I mean by that is there was a time when you would walk into an open house or if it was a showing a company showing with a seller's agent present, you were told to have your poker face on. Oh, yeah. You were told to not show how much you love the home and show how much you don't, like... To put up that front. The days of the poker face are gone. I almost disagree. Why? Well, it depends on the scenario. So, like, actually, I just had this conversation with my buyer that I was just talking about last week. Well, we're not, <laughs> talk- we're not talking about homes that are going to be under asking price. Okay. We're talking about the homes that we know are going to get 100 okay. offers on it. Okay. So, yeah. So, be excited. And it's true. It And also, like... If you can spare a few minutes at an open house with the agent, so we've always talked about this, us directly, agent to agent, building that relationship. But oftentimes, if you can, you're as a buyer, so say we're not there, you're at an open house with an agent that's allowing you to go. Like, say hi, ask some questions, see if you can cuddle up to the agent a little bit. Because I have had agents be like, oh my God, I know that they would be a perfect match. They're really sweet. I got a good vibe from them. All sorts of various comments like that. Um... The agent that you were just runner-up for, like, loved my buyer. She's like, oh, such a good vibe. They didn't end up offering, as we talked about. But so if you can do that and then also bring it home with the letter. Yeah. Kind of make it full circle about why you love the home. And it's maybe something you mentioned to them so they can remember you, too. That's helpful. Exactly. Like, I had a situation where I was a listing agent and it was a couple that came to my open house. Every time he walked by me, he'd whisper under his breath, I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And it made me excited that he was excited. Yeah. And then the letter actually was really well written. And it was about why he loved the home. Because it was a top floor condo. Sometimes in a top floor condo. So in Massachusetts, we have a lot of um, two-family style homes. And they get condoized. Sometimes the upper floor doesn't have private outdoor space. This one did. Right. So that's what they really include in the letters. Why they love this home so much. Why this home was a perfect one was because of that outdoor space. So they did a good job of that. So when I was talking to my client, I could say, hey, they came to the open house, and every time he walked by me, he whispered under his breath to me, I love it, I love it. And it became kind of a joke where we would just laugh about it with me and the buyer there. And that's what I mean by not really showing your poker face. Like, you want the agent to know that you love it and that you're serious. Yes. Because that can sometimes show you're not going anywhere. You're not going to get cold feet. Right. Because even though there's 29 offers behind... It's kind of amazing, like the past couple, 
that I've asked, like, if anyone else is still around, if they have, like, similar houses coming on, and they're like, oh, hey, I know you missed out on this house, but I'm going to be listing this house. And like, oh, they found something. And I'm like, wow, okay, good. Like, even the low inventory market, I'm like, happy to hear other people's success stories, you know? Because I've fallen in love with these people at the open house. (laughs) So, you know, we're always rooting for everybody. We're always rooting for everybody. Really. Trying, calling your buyers and telling them that they didn't get the offer, especially if they were, like, in second place with 23 offers on the table... Those are the worst. The worst. But being a seller's agent and having to call those buyer's agents and let them know that their clients didn't get it either, those aren't fun either. Well, right. And I mean, even even when we're on the phone, like, booking a showing, I feel like I can't even... Or asking questions about a house. Hey, my buyer had a question about a house. We can't even get through that phone conversation without being like, oh, what about this crazy market? Yeah. Like, everybody... And, and, and it is nice to see that we're kind of all in this together and everyone feels bad for everyone. I agree. Now, bringing it back to the letter for a second, um, where I struggle with this is if I'm representing somebody that doesn't necessarily have that sob story, pull on the heartstring story, doesn't have the family dog, doesn't have... I told you, get a goldfish. Get a goldfish. Send a picture of the goldfish. Have... A plant. Any living thing. My plant... You know what? Okay. I was going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. Go ahead. So... My mom has Mr. Ficus. Have I talked about Mr. Ficus? No. Oh, my God. So, Mr. Ficus is my brother. Oh, my God. (laughs) And um, so, he's 34. He's your age. (laughs) He's your peer. Anyways. So, Mr. Ficus has traveled with us to every single house. He, I mean, it's a Wait, he. Is he like, actually 34? Like, he's your mom's had him for 34 years old? Yes, he's my Oh, brother. I thought that this was, like, a made-up thing. No, no. No, he's really 34 He's 34. Years old. We've Holy had him since he was an smokes. absolute baby, and now he's this big tree. And she brings him everywhere. Honestly, she would put Mr. Ficus on a love letter, saying, like, he's going to love this sunroom. So go ahead. Use a plant. All right. Now go ahead. All right. Well, clearly, Darlene's a lot more creative than me, because I would never use Mr. Ficus in a letter. <laughs> but Use it. Like no, I I, I see the, I see the point. But, Airplanes. But this is where the fair housing piece comes into play. Yes. That if you're looking at single family homes and you're working with a single male, yep. they yep. don't have the same. But they can talk order. about for as long as these. So also part of our thing is they, these letters might be out altogether. We we've said we've seen instructions of people saying we're not going to review the letters. So keep that in mind. But so if he, you know, if you are with a single person that doesn't have the the kids to talk about, which they shouldn't be talking about. But and that's the thing. The they shouldn't be, but he can talk are. about how much he loves the house. Yes. And exactly. you know what? So this is interesting. So um, a house I listed earlier this winter, the winning bid, he talked about his his family as a greeter unit. He was like, it's it, he was single. Can't wait to have my um, my sister come visit, my parents. I've always wanted a garden. This is exactly the location I need for um, commuting to work. So for all those reasons, and every single person sent a love letter, and these people loved it. But for those reasons, they were like, oh, wow. Okay, so, because people do wonder, like, why is this single person, what are they going to do with my house? Are they going to get cold feet? So he went deep into, you know, I'm not going to get cold feet. This isn't too much house for me, and here's what I'm going to do with everything. So really, if you just always circle back on why you love the house, that's the best case scenario. You're not going to violate fair housing. And you're going to speak directly to the seller about really why they fell in love with the house and why they still love it. Yeah. All right. So for a recap, would it be make the love letter? Love letters are not going 
to necessarily win you the house. They're not a slam dunk. They're not a slam dunk. Make sure your clients are not expecting them to be a slam dunk. Just to set expectations for disappointment. Exactly. And at this point, they're not necessarily an advantage, but rather the norm. Right. They're like checking a box. They're checking a box. Everybody has one. And to try and avoid violating fair housing, keep it about the property. We're not discussing who we are, familial familial status. Yeah. Religion. Yeah. Anything that's a protected class. Right. That's not what we're talking about. And, and yes, competition. Yes, people are still putting pictures in. Like, we see people putting pictures in. And some of our buyers have asked to put pictures in. And, you know, will that be a, a gray area soon? Very likely. So maybe it's time to get that out there, that it's time to cut the pictures, concentrate on the house, and know that it's it's really not necessarily going to be the win. Yeah. I, I stand firm the price and terms are going to win outwin a fancy letter any day any day i mean just the one i was talking about with that woman that my client with the saddest story like if she couldn't overcome some of these things with that letter and i was so mad for a long time and these are difficult conversations to have too because we were i was sitting there talking to my client about the other offers that they had knowing that we that they were already offers better than ours like the agent flat out told me that so to prepare my clients and say hey listen guys we don't have a decision yet, but this is what it's looking like. And he just replied, well, I hope they love our letter. And it just made me feel so bad because he's like holding out hope. And I'm going, yeah, okay. I know. I know. It's such a, it's such a weird place to be in. I mean, I know we keep talking about the market, but, and it's hard. Like I had my, a buyer who really didn't want to share who she was. She wanted to include a letter because she knew that everyone else was. And she knew it was competitive, but she was very trigger shy about really like pictures or anything about the family. Um, and, and it was kind of a hard moment really for all of us um, because it kind of made me sad that she was keeping some things to herself. And it was a, a real actual, like, I mean, I called Jocelyn. It was a real like moment of realization for me of how hard it is. To be a buyer in this market, how hard it is to be a protected class in in the world. I mean, and sometimes, like, the issues are bigger than what we even do for a living. They're much bigger than buying and selling a house. And the fact that minorities feel fearful yeah. about having to compete against these other buyers with letters, that broke my heart. Yeah. Because that's something that you know, another family may not have to worry about, well, they're going to be excited to write a letter, whereas a minority or a protected class are going to think, is the letter going to hurt me? Right. Is the seller not going to accept my offer because of this? And and that's when it really, you know, we have to be careful about those laws. That's why they're there. Yeah. And really, this whole situation has kind of gotten a little out of control. And that's why... With the letters? Yeah. Yeah, it and, has. And that's why, because of those exact instances where a buyer has to stop and think and say, hey, hold on, like talking about how wonderful my family is and how great we are, like might hurt us. I mean, like devastating. Yeah. Literally like awful. So focus on the house for God's sake. (laughs) There's anything you take away, focus on the house. Well, that is all for us today. We look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks for coming.